on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here and joining us in studio now, as he does every month, it's National Committee Man Jay Shepard, National Republican Committee Man Jay Shepard. I, I think people know I'm a Republican. Hey, I, 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 think I just don't want to confuse, maybe thought you were the Democratic Committee. Yeah. Well, you know, Jeffords jumped, you could too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look at that, I leave him speechless. His right moniker is Jay the Republican. Yes, it is. So you can, you can reach me at jaytherepublican at aol.com anytime if you want to there you go. harass me, love me, whatever you want, I'm, be no, I'm available. There'll be no danger of you switching to the Democratic Party. There'll be no danger whatsoever. They're and not going to call you Jumpin' Jay? Uh, no. And okay. there probably won't be any danger of the Democrats accepting him either. It, it, no. It's, it's no. a big tent. My, my I don't phone think it's has, that big. <laughs> my phone has not been ringing off the hook from the Democrats. I would like to see the faces of like AOC. Who? What? <laughs> but you do know I could run in this state as a yes, Democrat. Yes, you could. That's right. Uh, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, okay. Jay, um, I want to ask talk a little <laughs> presidential politics. Uh, I have this feeling, just my gut feeling, that, that Ron DeSantis is is not going to make it. He's he's now the he's still the main challenger in all the polls, well behind former President Trump, but he's positioned as the number two alternative. I just have seen some mistakes from his campaign, and you never know. He's been a successful governor in Florida, but on a national stage, you never know until you see them perform. Like you know, Governor Scott Walker, right? He was he was a rising star back eight years ago, whatever it was, but his campaign just did not make it. And other others have suffered the same fate. What do you think? What from what you've seen so far? Well, I think I think you have to look at a lot of factors that are involved. He is not a strong door to door retail uh, politician. He certainly uh, doesn't have the Chris Christie charisma where you walk into a, a restaurant or a lounge and, and talk to everyone there and, and have a good feeling about it, or a town hall meeting, or a town hall meeting. Uh, but he is very organized. He's very disciplined. Uh, he has one of the the strongest pieces of his campaign that anybody could have, and that's his wife Casey. Uh, one politician recently said to me that uh, DeSantis is a Ferrari, but Casey is the engine. Yeah. So she's a driving force and makes things happen, and that's really important in a campaign. If you go back and you look at uh, the Scott Walker campaign, who he never made it to a primary, by the way, had more money than anyone, uh, was moving along in the polls very well, but didn't do well in the debates but he also his campaign staff was not good so you may see some changes in the campaign staff for DeSantis he's still such a viable candidate what he's done and the successes he's had in Florida are unmatched by any other governor in this country uh, but you take another look there was a, a Wisconsin poll that came out recently and he was double digits ahead of Trump in Wisconsin so really? so you're looking at different pockets you're looking at different polls different types of polling uh, one of the interesting things that we're looking at was who gets into the debate based on the polling. Mm-hmm. And the debate criteria is that the polls have to have 800 respondents. Most of the polls you see today have 400. So the margins of error are, are big enough that could uh, change the whole dynamic so, of what happens at the debate. So really, uh, you know, um, most of the polls coming out now, their in-tab or their sample size is too small to even qualify or even... For the debate, so they have to have some larger polling 
prior to the debate to decide who's going to be in it. Exactly. And and all of that started in July. So all the polls before July did not matter in terms of getting into the debate. Gotcha. And you just have to you just have to show up in the polls, right? I mean, you you don't have to get like 10% or something, but you have to be show up in those polls. You have to, you have to have 1% in three national polls or 1% in two national and a early state. And don't you? And you also not not to interrupt. I apologize, but the bigger component is the number of donors in each state or nationally. How does that work? Nationally, you have to have forty thousand donors, and okay. you have to have at least two hundred from twenty states. The two hundred from twenty states is very easy. That's not a big deal. I was going to say, if anyone. you've got a real presidential campaign, yeah. nationwide campaign, that doesn't sound that 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 hard. No, and there's a real opportunity out there. Uh, like Burgum from North Dakota, for a dollar you can get his book, and you can get. Uh, Perry Johnson, for a dollar, you can get a nice T-shirt. So they're looking for donors all over the place. Uh, and I think there's uh, at least a half a dozen people have already qualified uh, for the debates. So Because you're starting to see ads saying, you know, I want to be on the stage, you know, donate donate $5 and, and make sure that I'm on the stage kind of thing. Well, you're also going to see some of the Democrats play into this. But they want as many people on the stage to go after Trump as they possibly can. So you're going to yeah. see some, you know... Some games being played by a lot of people to make sure that, you know, Chris Christie gets a chance to come on the stage and attack Donald Trump. The Democrats would love that. Uh, There's some of the reasons why, you know, uh, the former president is looking at ways of making the debates different uh, or not showing up. But the first debate is scheduled in Milwaukee on the 23rd of August. And you'll be there? I'll be there. And do you predict that Donald Trump will be there? Show up. I predict that Donald Trump will be there. There isn't a stage that he wants to miss, is there? Well, you know, the other part of it is that uh, David Bossy, who is running the debates for the RNC, was his former deputy campaign manager, and they're very close. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But for him to give up a night, uh, the other challenge that he may do is he may have his own event that night and try to get coverage from people like Newsmax that, you know, basically has become the Donald J. Trump uh, channel. Channel. So what do you think about this theory? I'm going to throw something out to both you guys. It's kind of a surprise, but what I've learned from sitting in this seat is Kurt always says, follow the money. Okay? So the two two of the bo- most qualified financially candidates right now are Donald Trump and Tim Scott. Well, I thought, also, I, thought you were common, going, I thought you were going to Biden in, in Ukraine and, no, and the kickbacks no, of the whole easy. Biden family. That's too easy. I F- want to speculate. Follow the money. I want to have some fun speculation here for a second. Following the money with the Bidens is going to become so simple that they're going to teach it in kindergarten. Um, so Tim Scott and Donald Trump have the most money. They also share uh, support from one person who I think is very instrumental in this. I I see maybe maybe I'm just being simple, but... Between Lindsey Graham and the fact that they both have huge amounts of money in the bank, do you see a Trump-Scott ticket? I think there's a real possibility. Lindsey Graham may be the least popular Republican in the Republican Party right now. But um, he still carries a he carries some weight. Say, say that again, he must be what? He's probably the least popular Republican. Got booed off the stage the other day in his own state, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Mitt Romney's right up there with him. Uh, but I don't know how much influence they have. He certainly doesn't have a lot of influence with Tim Scott. No, uh, it never has. Uh, South Carolina is going to be a very interesting race down there. Uh, I think uh, you look at the polls, and Trump still leads in, in South Carolina right now. Um, I don't. I don't know if that's true. Uh, there's a lot of rumors about that because Trump is never uh, criticizing. Right. Um, 
I'm just, I, you know, what we do here is we just speculate, you know, and we, we play around and we look at who could it be, you know, and, and it's like, okay, well, if you look at the litmus test of money, Tim Scott uh, is right up there. He's and, and to go back to your conversation about Ron DeSantis, he's incredibly qualified in, in with his track record in Florida. However, part of politics is likability. And I don't know how he scores on a likability factor. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, but the money is not going to be much of an issue because most of them have enough money these days. And you have to separate out the PAC money from the campaign money, yeah. which is, is always a little bit different. So Now, Jay, let me ask you this. In a CNN interview, the president over the weekend, this is being reported, that he uh, apparently said that the U.S. is sending cluster munitions to Ukraine because we are running out of 155mm artillery ammunition to send them wrote Byron York of the Washington Examiner, and he says, York says, seems obvious this is affecting U.S. readiness to defend itself. And another said, does the president not realize that the entire world is listening to these interviews and you just broadcast them that we're low on on this type of uh, well, munition? Well, a lot of this stuff has to be pointed out. I mean, take a look at what's going on with the warmongering uh, administration we have now. Everyone talks about the, the Republicans being, you know, we're out for war, we're all war hawks and all of that. Look at what this administration is doing. I mean, when we're talking about a cluster, I don't know if they're talking about bombs, they're talking about a cluster, you know what, that's going on in this administration. Inflation's out of control. We're spending money in, in foreign countries supporting war uh, everywhere. Uh, you know, we've got cocaine in the White House. We've got... People are having a hard time uh, paying their bills in this country. I heard your advisor on earlier today. You know, if 65% of the people don't have $1,000 in savings. Yeah. And inflation is out of control. And and they said inflation is temporary. Someone needs to be pointing out to the world and to the United States here that this administration is spending money they don't have. They're uh, building up a war in uh, Europe that we don't need to be involved in. They have no plan to get out of it. They have no world uh, influence any longer. We send someone over who's bowing to the Chinese every day. So we need to wake up here in this country and say enough is enough. Uh, And I have no problem whatsoever with the former president saying, we're screwing up our military. Look how woke it's gone. This, This has become a mess in this country. And if we don't make changes pretty soon, I don't know if we can come back from it. Well, I think having the the, free, the 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 leader of the free world saying we're running out of ammunition on a on a world stage probably is not one of the best statements you could be making. Well, it, it was the former president, but yes, yes, uh, no, no, the Biden said it. Oh, Biden said he that. said yeah, that's what he said. He goes, well, we're sending cluster bombs, and everybody's upset because we're sending cluster bombs. He says, but we have to send them because we're running out of the other bombs. Well, and it was kind of scary the other day to see him sitting on a beach right before going to a world uh, summit. Yeah. You know, I thought that counting was counting seagulls and all of that. I thought that was a fake meme just on the internet, but it was really it was, it was real was really on, on the, the beach. beach. 39% of his days as president, he's been on vacation. 39%. Nice job. Now, um by President Biden has been giving speeches now and they're dubbing it Bidenomics and he's been giving speeches around the country saying, you know, look, Bidenomics is working. Um, he's saying that the economy is starting to rebound. They've created 13 million jobs uh, and, and all these other things. I mean, and they would point to, of course, you know, 
Well, you wouldn't agree with this, Jay. They'll point to the infrastructure bill as something that he got done that the former president couldn't get done. What do you think about Biden? Well, the reason that the other president couldn't get done is because the Democrats didn't want to give anything to the American people while there was a Republican president. At least the Republicans are willing to work with America to, to get things going and, and help economically. Uh, ask the American people what they're talking about. They're talking about paying their gas. They're talking about paying for fuel oil. They're still talking about food costs that are supposed to be temporary. Inflation is not temporary. So when, when the inflation rate goes up 9, 10, 11 percent in a year it doesn't go back down so when they talk now about inflation being four percent four percent building on uh already high inflation rate is not a great thing we need to be bringing it down what's the cost of mortgages people yeah. aren't buying houses i mean we're almost up to seven percent for a home mortgage that's absolutely ridiculous my mortgage is 3.25 under a republican president it makes a major difference when your payments are so high. You can't invest in your family's future. You can't do the things that need to be done every day. And the fault lies squarely at this administration that needs to be replaced as soon as possible. Now, Jay, what do you think of the the latest entry, I think, is uh, Doug Burgum, North Dakota governor, um, uh, self-funding his campaign. He's a billionaire, I guess, out of pretty successful two terms as North Dakota governor. He's entered the race, and he's willing to spend a lot of money. Will he have any impact on this race? He has any? Does he have any chance? Zero. Zero chance. Pretty pretty simple. Uh, you can have all the money in the world. We can see, let, why'd you spend it? He's friends with Bill Gates. He's not a conservative Republican. He believes a, a moderate approach on the social issues, that we shouldn't even be talking about the social issues. Social issues is the fabric of our country, and if we don't define them you know, it's not all about money. And you get these billionaires who think that because they made some money that they understand how money works with the regular families. Uh, Doug Burgum is going nowhere. Now, if you have a question, well, there we go. <laughs> if no. you have a question for Jay, give us a call. Jay Shepard, um, Kenzie Country Classic Hotline's open, 888 Give us. We'll just take Doug right off the list there. <laughs> Thank you he, very much. Doug, inform Doug he has no chance. I guess we don't need to interview him. <laughs> Thanks, well, Jay. You, know, you, you can bring kidding. him in. You can bring Asa Hutchinson in. You can bring a bunch of them in. I'm just having fun. Um, it, it will be fun to see if they make the stage or not. Um, I don't see him making the stage. Uh, and there's some talk that there may be two debates, one on uh, the 23rd and one on the 24th, if there's oh, enough people that qualify. If Trump's in, that will be... Oh, my boy. Yeah. Let's so. go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes. Uh, I'd like Jay's thoughts on this one thing. Um, you know, they talk about the inflation rates down to this, but they never include energy and food. Two of the biggest things people have for expenses Uh and also, Biden's not doing himself any favors denying that seventh grandchild. I was watching his show yesterday on Fox. Ben Dominich was on there, and then this Richard, who's the Democrat operative or whatever. And, uh, and Dominich said, all you need to do is bring the kid and his mother up to the, the girl and her mother up to the White House, acknowledge the kid is his grandchild, and that, and it would all go away. But it just seems like he's too stu stubborn or stupid to do it. Well, I think what they're looking at is their loss of financial. This this administration in, uh, is about the Biden mafia and all of that and in, in enriching themselves. And they don't want to give up any money to a, a seventh uh, grandchild. Uh, I'm not sure this president recognizes anyone, let alone his own grandchild. 
I mean, we take a look at all the, and, and I think we're a lot of people speaking of the Biden family and Hunter. I think a lot of people are jumping to the conclusion that he's probably the one with the cocaine in the White House, and I'm not really sure. Because if you take a look at everyone who supports Biden these days, I'm thinking there's a lot of them smoking crack out there, and I wouldn't be surprised who it, who it might be. Because if you still support this president, you're probably considering doing crack and cocaine on a regular basis, especially if you could afford it. Okay, his tongue is implant, planted firmly in his cheek, folks. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it, it, there's some, so much craziness that goes on around this Biden crime family that I'm not really sure uh, quite honestly, who's in, who's out, who's coming. You know, I've been to the White House uh, on a few occasions. You know the security cameras are everywhere. Yeah. You know they have a list of each and every person that goes into each and every one of those rooms. Well, you hope they're doing they a background know. check and everything. It's the president. They know who yeah. left the cocaine there. Yeah, they do. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hi, good morning. I, I just to tell uh, Jay that when President Biden took office, President Trump had left him with a less than 2% inflation rate, uh, uh, over 6% GDP, a track record unbelievable. We were energy independent. And why do you keep practically talking down the former president? You give him no credit at all. I, he's, a, he's a Republican. We're supposed to support Republicans. I just don't understand your attitude toward this man. That's all I got to say. Thank you. I'm a little confused by the caller. Um, I am a strong supporter, and I was on uh, this show and all around other shows constantly talking about the greatness of President Trump. I think the thing we don't want to do is we don't want to diminish the other candidates that are running for president. So if you get the impression that I have an issue with the former president and the greatness that he did, I mean, the unemployment rate among uh, all ethnic groups was better than it's ever been in this country. Donald J. Trump was a fantastic president, and I don't believe there's any denying that. And if you get the impression that I was not supporting or am not supporting the greatness of the things that were achieved under the former president, then you probably haven't listened to all of the conversations. But haven't you said on the show, Jay, on this show right here in the past months that you think that there could be better Republican candidates than President Trump uh, in terms of winning, et cetera, in the 2024 election? If you look at the polling, it does show that there are other Republicans that would do better in a general election against Biden. And we're just we're having a conversation it, about the whole field. Right. And but if I don't if ever not, remember you disparaging Mr. Trump. No, not at all. Yeah. I, th- I think we have to be aware that there's other opportunities out there yeah. and that there are great there's greatness in there. The depth is very, very strong. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Oh, good morning. Uh, you're talking about all the candidates. We just had a candidate on the morning drive last week, Nikki Haley. Um, she sounded good. I was wondering, I don't hear much about her, and if Jay could fill us in on that candidate. Good question and very timely. Yes, we were really thrilled to have Nikki Haley on the show on Friday, and she's, of course, traveling all over New Hampshire. Talk about Nikki Haley and what well, do you do? You give her a zero chance, or she can't? No, she Doug. she has a real chance. Uh, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm against Donald Trump if I say good things about Nikki Haley. <laughs> uh, we're looking at a very very successful governor that was reelected on multiple occasions. We're talking about someone who has domestic policy that knows how to run a government. Someone who has foreign policy while well, ambassador of the United Nations. Someone who's very relatable. Uh, having met her, uh, she's very personable. She can do retail politicking. She understands what it's like to have a family that is committed to this country. Her husband's in the military. 
she knows what it's like to be an ethnic minority. Nikki Haley is a fantastic person. Whether she can move up far enough in the polls to make a real run, we'll have to sit and uh, watch. But she is a fantastic, and you guys had a great interview with her. Not that it should be all about this, but I just want to ask you this, though. Does it help politically that she is a woman? You know, I, I think we're, we're a little bit beyond that. I think the Republicans are not the party of identity politics. The, the real thing here is that she is capable, she's talented, and she's not there, and she's certainly not a cackler who somehow got to be vice president for he talking no about? reason whatsoever. I can't imagine. She's certainly... <laughs> Sorry, that was my uncomfortable laugh. She, she has proven herself as a governor and as a, a UN ambassador. Uh, so let's get away from the identity politics a little bit, because what we're talking about on the Republican side are people who are immensely qualified to be president. Yeah, she does have the international gravitas. There's now, no question about it. Now, we got the call that didn't like the thought that you were criticizing former President Trump. The candidate out on the stump right now who really is criticizing President Trump is Chris Christie. And he is, if, you, if you're not happy with Trump, and there is a percentage of Republicans that the polls show that aren't, can he become the main alternative to Trump at some point? The, the polls have showed, now granted he was at 1%, but the polls have showed him Moving up to in a few, moving up a few percentage points. Well, one of the things you can talk about Chris Christie is that you know where he's thinking, you know what he's saying. Uh, in New Hampshire, he'll probably do very well because there's crossover in New Hampshire. So if there's really no uh, race in the Democrat side, you'll see a lot of people crossing over to send a message that they're Democrats and Independents can vote in the Republican primary in New Hampshire. Exactly. I was actually at a luncheon. And vice versa. Yeah, I was at a luncheon with uh, President Trump two weeks ago in new hampshire um and one of the things someone asked him was why why are you constantly criticizing desantis and his answer was pretty simple he's number two when we knock him out of number two whoever becomes number two we're going to go after that person too so you if you can wait and hold on if Christie ever uh ends up being number two you're going to see a battle between those two which will be quite entertaining i don't know it'll be good for our party uh but it certainly will be entertaining and worth listening to that's interesting. You know, when we say that, it's like Donald Trump, it really doesn't matter who number two is to him. It's this is the path. This is the way you do it. And and DeSantis is number two right now. And, and that's what he, he was very, you yeah. know, personal things. You know, he, he makes it personal. Uh, he makes it uh, political. But he knows how to play the game. And he's a very competitive person. And politics is a, is a game of competition. Does his former vice president have any chance? You know, you never know. And, and one of the things we have to talk about is every candidate has to be within a silo of some sort. So, the, you know, the Donald Trump has his own silo. In the, in the last time around, uh, Christie and uh, Trump were in the same silo. They were, you know, boisterous. They were that New York City attitude, all of that. So they were going against each other. So there can only be one out of that silo. The, the, the conservative, religious conservatives have another silo. And right now, it's Tim Scott's there, uh, Mike Pence is there. One of them will emerge as one of the finalists in that. Then you've got another group who want to talk about economics all the time. So there'll, there'll be somebody coming out of it. You know, you've got the VVAC, you've got the Burgum, you've got uh, some of the others. Uh, and then you've got the mainstream, middle-of-the-road people like the Nikki Haley. So I look at there being four people that it comes down to. Uh, and each one will win their own silo going forward uh, and will make it to the actual voting. 
I think until then we're going to have a dozen or so people, but only there's only going to be about four viable candidates at the end. I can't wait till the debate, the first debate. And I, I think the debates will make a difference. If you somehow emerge or stand out, I think it's you're, you have a chance of really going forward. I, I think it's also the early ones will be an elimination process that will start eliminating people who aren't ready for prime time. Uh, I don't think we'll have a winner because I think the field is so strong and so deep um, that you're going to have a lot of talent on stage. Uh, and that'll be a real test for DeSantis. Uh, quite honestly, if he can stand toe-to-toe, give, give it back as much as he takes it, but also the fact that he needs to be personable and likable. And uh, that's a big factor, and we're going to see that soon. Or we've got to go to the break, but or if someone has a moment that really stands out, like remember, Reagan, I paid for this microphone. Yes, and you look back, Carly Fiorina had those moments when she was early in the, in the debate stage. But, you know, one-liners get you so far. Uh, 